the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom. And it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And I'm joined in studio once again, of course, with my producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. Hello again, Rebecca. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. We have another great, great night with Aaron Benner. I'm excited to introduce him very soon here. Um, He joined us last week, and we're just going to introduce our listeners again to the topic in case you missed it. Um, Over the last decade, schools in Minnesota and across America have welcomed a transformation and the growing changes in educational philosophy are not sitting well with an increasing number of students, parents, and teachers. In fact, the goals of these philosophies are uniform and to close the achievement gap between black and white students. But in order to close the gap, schools are embracing the notion that structures within our nation's schools and in all areas of American society are so entrenched with racism mainly white supremacy. Yes, racism bears an ugly stain in our nation's history. Yes, Mm -hmm. racism definitely exists today. But does the practice of smearing an entire group of people collectively compensate for that racism? Well, our guest again tonight says that blaming poor behavior in schools and low test scores solely on white teachers is simply wrong. And as we did last time, again tonight, we will discuss the presence of critical race theory and its effect on K-12 schools. Mm -hmm. So joining us in studio again tonight to discuss the controversial critical race theory and its impact on our kids' schools is Aaron Benner. Aaron has been a Minnesota educator for more than 20 years. He worked as an elementary school teacher in the St. Paul Public School District. And while teaching in that district, Aaron bemoaned the growing tide of low test scores. On more than one occasion, Aaron also addressed the district's school board, communicating his concerns with student behavior. He was also a member of the St. Paul Federation of Teachers for 15 years. He's now in the 11th grade, or he's now the 11th grade dean of students and activities director at Creighton Durham Hall High School. He's young looking. He looks like he's in the 11th grade. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Aaron, thank you so much for joining us again in studio tonight. We're so glad to have you. Rebecca, for having me and Mark. It's nice to see you. It's always great to see you, too. Yeah, great to see you. Well, we kind of left off on talking about critical race theory last week, and um, we're going to just jump right in where we left off. Okay. Um, You have um, an infectious love for teaching because you love kids. 
That's correct. And I, I see that. I've gotten to know you now. And you just you just love people, I'm going to say. I'm going to go beyond just kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you love schools. That's correct. And you love the city of St. Paul. Amen. And you really <laughs> love what, it's where you grew up, right? Born and raised. I yes. do live in Oakdale now, but I still, I'm still a St. Paul-like <laughs> yes. in my heart. By heart. Yes. By heart, yes. Or in your heart, right. And then you really love what happens when a group of kids become a community in the classroom and in a school. So you have written that in order for this to um, really occur, everybody from parents, students, teachers, the building, district administration, and the broader community has to play a part. That's correct. So based on what you've witnessed, has CRT's implementation in schools helped or hindered in the formation of community in the classroom and in school? It has hindered. Hindered, hindered, one hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. because right now CRT is placing all the blame on white privilege and teachers. Mm-hmm. And what needs to be done is all stakeholders have to be working together. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to argue with some of my administrators in St. Paul when they would push this nonsense, mm-hmm. I would actually ask them. I would say, "Don't you think an involved parent could offset a terrible teacher?" Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, explain. I'm like, if you're involved with your child's education, and let's say there is a poor teacher who mm-hmm. he or she's not doing their job, that child will come home and talk to their parent or their mm-hmm. mother, father, and the parent will check the work, and that parent will call the school. Mm-hmm. And that's one step in how you can work together. But now exactly. you have an, you have an involved parent you, who calls the school, mm-hmm. who then tells the community that there's a f- bad teacher. Mm-hmm. But if you're not involved in your child's education, and you have a teacher who was at the desk just reading the paper. Mm-hmm. I blame the parent for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then I for blame the school anything. for not saying anything. Mm-hmm. But if everybody's involved, you can find the weak link. Mm-hmm. But when I, while I was in St. Paul, sometimes that weak link was the administration, you know, or mm-hmm. 360. That was a headquarters, you know. But if, if our goal is to help students, everybody has to be on the same page. Right. I mean, we would talk about students becoming better citizens. Uh, having a moral compass. We all have to work together right. to, to develop these. Mm-hmm. Right. That is so true. You know, um, I know this doesn't apply to a public school as much, but one of the things I talk about a lot at Liberty is our three-legged stool, the church, the family, and the school. Yes. And when they're all working together, and they still can, even in a public school setting, though that's not a Christian school setting, you can still work to develop morality in kids and, and partner with parents. Of course you can. And the parents are partnering with their churches. And that's really, when you think about a three-legged stool, if you want, if you pull one leg out of a three-legged stool, that, school, that stool tips. Yep. And yes. yet when you've got all three that are solid, it's it's solid. You can put a lot of weight on that stool. I agree. And and that's what our students need. And that's really what you're saying is that they really need the whole community to come around um, around these students and not focus on blaming white privilege, which critical race theory does. Exactly. But instead, let's focus on what we can be doing together. Um, and if you have yeah. people who are involved, if you do come across someone in the school building who is racist or who is harming children, that teacher can be identified. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just sometimes our, our answers are very simple. Yeah. And sometimes we just make them harder than they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we need everybody involved and we need good people involved. Yes. 
Yes. We've been speaking specifically about what critical race theory is and who it's really mm-hmm. affecting. And we talked about this a lot last week, but I'm going to ask the question. It's rhetorical, but I think for mm-hmm. the sake of repetition, it, people need to hear it. Is it being overstated to bring forth the charge that critical race theory blames white people for everything? No, it's not being overstated. That's my simple answer. I wrote about this in um, October 2015. Yep. And I actually said in the editorial in the Pioneer Press, I said, blaming low test scores and poor behavior simply on white teachers is simply wrong. And I was just shocked that I had to even write it. Right. To see it in print. Okay. If there's a problem, there are many factors. Mm -hmm. Or you should at least research all factors. Mm -hmm. But nope, this theory says white white privilege and white teachers are the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then what are we going to do? What's the solution? Okay, so critical race theory says the white teachers should check their biases. Okay, what about my biases? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just um, it's it's too simply put what the problem is with our schools, and it seems you know so easy. Okay, white teachers understand your bias. It, no, we all have biases, right? And I and I I'll say this to the day I die. As a black man, I deal with racism every day. Mm-hmm. You know, now I was taught by my parents how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have parents who are involved. I had parents who are involved. They're still in, but I don't go to them anymore. And I hope to teach my daughter, we, we're going to work hard. We're going to mm-hmm. work twice as, twice as hard. If you have anybody who's racist towards you, you're going to come tell your father, and I'll give you the solutions how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I'll never talk about these issues as if white privilege does not exist or there's, white, uh, there's racism. Racism, like you said earlier in the um, bro- mm-hmm. broadcast, it does exist. Mm-hmm. But critical race theory simply says all the problems are simply white people. How is that helping our country? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not a solution. It's not a solution at all. <laughs> right, right. And 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 even if they're, they're check check their bias, uh, you know, what does that really do to bring hope to a child who might be struggling in school, right? Or who's struggling with bad behavior? How does checking your bias do any good? And you know, as you pointed out, then these kids are getting away then with bad behavior because the superintendent said, we don't want to have suspensions. How and about a, a second grader, the first day of school, and he, he or she's been told by her, the parents, you know, if you have a white teacher, that teacher's not going to like you. They walk into your classroom, they see you, Rebecca. Right there, There's, a, I'm, they're starting off with a strike against right, them right. because they're like, that teacher's not going to like yeah, you. Uh, yeah. And we can take this a step further. I mean, critical race theory theorists have to be careful because you're going to say, what about basketball coaches? If my coach doesn't isn't my race, I can't learn from him or her. What about my boss? My boss yes. doesn't look like. I mean, you can keep on. Right. You can go. You can. We can go down the, down right. this rapid hole, right. and we're back to segregation. I was just going to say, right. you have a completely segregated society. <laughs> exactly. And you've got to wonder sometimes: Do they really not stop and think about that? Who knows? Yeah. Interesting. That's that's it is interesting. Yeah. Let me ask you this: I, I know that Governor Waltz is, you know platform for education when he was sworn in as governor was to see that more teachers of color were hired in the schools. Do you think that that is necessarily a direct result of this CRT uh, vantage point of the fact that all white teachers are bad? Yes, definitely. And it's interesting. Trying to hire more teachers of color has not worked because, like I said in the previous show, there is not a group of applicants of color trying to become teachers. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. There are Mm -hmm. other jobs. But just thinking a teacher who is a person of color is going to fix all of this is nonsense. Right. Mm-hmm. You still have to be trained. You still have to have the pedagogy. You still have to want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. But just to think you have a black man or a black woman or a Latino, just their race alone is going to close the achievement gap. Even though there is some research that says 
the test scores do improve, but I kind of question some of that research. Mm-hmm. But just the race of loan makes you a better teacher. Mm-hmm. That's like you saying just because of your color mark, you're a better, uh, you'll be a better golf instructor. But guess what? I got Tiger Woods down the street. No, no, Tiger, you can't help me, but Mark's white. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. We still mm-hmm. have to know what we're doing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Governor Walt saying we need more teachers of color, but you know what? Don't lower the requirements how to become a teacher. Right. Right. And that's being pushed right now. Isn't? And that's an insult to all of us teachers of color who had to pass those tests and become right. teachers. Mm-hmm. Don't lower the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. And that goes back to Martin Luther King. Yes. Judge me By not. The content of right. my character. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you are listening to Education Nation here on AM 1280. The Patriot, again, our topic of discussion is critical race theory in America's schools. Specifically, we're talking about what's been going on in the St. Paul Public School District here in Minnesota with former St. Paul Public School teacher Aaron Benner. And last week, uh, we discussed the Pacific Education Group. We've mentioned that a couple times in the narrative that helped uh, push through the St. Paul Public School District, specifically blaming, again, white teachers for low test scores and poor behavior. What people may not know, though, is St. Paul is ranked second just behind New York City for most diverse school population in the country. Mm. How has Peg's narrative affected the district's Asian, Latino, and Native communities? And prior to COVID-19, what was the trajectory of enrollment in the St. Paul Public School District? Great question. I actually mm-hmm. wrote about this in October of 2015. Mm-hmm. I said Peg doesn't even hide the fact that they don't even care about Latinos, Asians, and Native communities because their definition of people of color is just black, which I find disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in many arguments with people who are uh, African-American black, and they don't think Asians are people of color. I'm like, wow. Wow. Is I'm crazy. like, okay. I'm like, so I have to ask people, is people of color just black? And some people say, yeah. I'm like, nope, nope. And another thing, it's uh-huh. funny. So we're, we're on people of color. If you call someone colored 40 years ago, 30 years ago, it was a, it was a slur. Now you, you want to label me a person of color? Right. Nope. Mm-hmm. I'm just going by black. That's just me personally. Uh-huh, Anyways, uh-huh. I'm kind of off the top here. But yeah. the Asians, the native and Latino populations have been leaving the district of St. Paul in droves. Hmm. SPPS has forgotten about these communities. Their enrollment is down. This is pre-COVID. Um, you can you can just check the Pioneer Press and mm-hmm. you can see, I mean, they're, they're, they're down like a thousand students enrollment. I don't even trust those numbers. If it says a thousand, it's probably 2,000, but it's because these, hmm. these people have been forgotten. These communities have been forgotten. Hmm. And PEG only focuses on black, white. CRT only focuses on black, white. Our great country is is greater than this black black and white, mm-hmm. you know, and we forget mm-hmm. about that. So mm-hmm. it's disheartening. Yeah, yeah, that really is. Um, as an African American man, do you feel there are any aspects of CRT and its subsequent training that can fulfill constructive purposes in American classrooms? This is a tough one for me. Um, I think CRT should not be banned. Mm-hmm. I think it should be presented as a theory. Maybe it can be learned in high school, maybe in mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do like about CRT, it does mention uh, microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Microaggressions are, um, I'm gonna, it's more likely I'll be followed by mm-hmm. a police officer in a store than either you or Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. things like that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't call those microaggressions. I call that life. Mm-hmm. CRT makes a big deal about these. Um, they actually say microaggressions can happen so much as they compare it to a rock that's being hit with water and over time it erodes. Nope, I, I don't agree with that because my ancestors and my family, they had to do with macroaggressions. Yeah. For instance, an uncle serving in World War II comes back and his GI Bill is not the same as fellow white soldiers. Mm. 
mm-hmm. or someone being lynched in Mississippi, you know, you hear stories. Right. Those are microaggressions. Right. You know, so I I can deal with microaggressions. Is does this country need to work on some things? Yes, but it's still the greatest country on earth. Mm-hmm. We still have to work on some things. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a I can handle microaggression. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it's normal and it should I should take it all the time, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna tell my daughter, I'm gonna teach my family. This is how we were raised, and we can handle microaggressions. We're trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. 50 years ago, 100 years ago, we had ancestors who were just trying to survive. Sure. Mm-hmm. And CRT's pushing microaggressions? Come on, get out of here. But right. I do like the fact, to answer your question, microaggressions do happen. And for people who are not people of color, if you if you witness this, mm-hmm. say something. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a good person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't not, not about color. If you see someone being mistreated, say something. Right. So I do like that right. about CRT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing, and I don't want to go too far off on this, but I've been thinking about this as we were talking, that, you know, we're talking about white privilege um, as being kind of the core of CRT. Don't you think in a lot of respects that the real privilege is having a mom and a dad? Man. That even and should, that shouldn't be a privilege, right? I, 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 you just speak right? to it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that shouldn't yeah. be a privilege. Right. It right. shouldn't be. But don't you think that's the true differentiating factor is students who have parents who are involved and love them and care for them and care about what's happening at school and would hear about that bad teacher who's reading the newspaper instead of teaching. Um, Don't you think that's a much bigger deal than the white teacher not understanding her privilege? I don't know if it's a bigger deal. I think they both are factors. Uh They're both factors in what's going on in our country. And I I can only speak for myself. CRT would say, CRT would say to your, um, your example, well, the man's not in the house because he was he had so many microaggressions he couldn't he was depressed and he couldn't stay. That's another oh, excuse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lots it goes, of excuses. There's always an excuse. Mm-hmm. I don't like the term white privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a double standard. Yep, I know there's a double standard. But the term white privilege turns people off, but I know that I'm treated differently from people who are white. Does that make me put my head in the sand and say, Woe is me? No, I'm gonna work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. That's the way my parents raised me. Mm-hmm. It's tough sometimes, but guess what? You know, you work twice as hard, and I want people to see the content of my character. This country isn't. This country still has some work that needs to be done, but it's still the greatest country yeah. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well said. And and there, there really is that fine line between identifying what the problems are and wanting to work towards a solution, as opposed to just destroying somebody with your words and creating a victimhood mentality. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is excellent. Yeah. Speaking of victimhood, I, real, real yeah, quick here, I tell people there's a quote. I don't know who who I can give credit for but it says self-reliance and teamwork are not opposing virtues they can be they can work together mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm like that's true mm-hmm. and how can we crt is not talking about self-reliance whatsoever you know they're just all about gimme 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 make excuses but how can we in this country how can we teach people the skills to be self-reliant but also help them but have them develop skills and, and that's the tricky part of this country and someone needs to be able to stand on the on two legs to be able to contribute in a healthy way to make teamwork work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But CRT would say that's an equity because blah, blah, blah. But here, right, I'm right. subject here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to discussing CRT, we've heard arguments presented across the political spectrum. Okay. Racism, though, it's not a political sh- issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's an issue either of ignorance or hatred or both that's found in a person's heart. And you've stated to me that moderate voices are needed in the discussion surrounding racial equi- equality. Rather, excuse me. Drawing from your personal everyday experiences and as an educator, explain why CRT is not the answer and why its growing influence in America's schools will cause more harm than good. This is why we need moderate voices. Mm-hmm. Right now, currently in our country, the loudest voices are being heard, either on the far left or the far right. People who are in the middle 
people I believe who have common sense Mm -hmm. are too afraid to speak up. Mm. You have to have the courage. Souls are being lost here. Right. I believe the battle lines have been drawn. You have to decide what side you're on. And I say I'm on the side of common sense and uh, righteousness. Mm -hmm. CRT is on the far left. Race is everything. CRT, they would sue God for having white clouds for crying out loud. (laughs) You know? But people on the far right, racism doesn't exist. That was centuries ago, blah, blah. No, right. no, we have to come to the middle. We have to have a solution. I'm going to recognize that we have some sins that that happened in this country. But guess what? Yeah. This is still, like I said, I keep on repeating myself. This is still the greatest country on the face of mm-hmm. the earth. But recognizing what happened in the past and try to better ourselves, that's what we need to do. But it's really frustrating when you don't have the moderate voices having the courage to speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Aaron, in a general sense, do you think that CRT is violating the same civil rights laws that its proponents say they support? I would say yes. CRT is definitely violating, violating civil rights because everything is about race. And they have forgotten about mm-hmm. other communities of color. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I don't think they care about other communities of color, which is mm-hmm. racist in a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sure is. You know, if, you, if you're not fighting with the same passion that you have for a Latino or a Native or an Asian as you do for black, that's not, that's not, that's racism if you if you ask mm-hmm. me, basically. Mm-hmm. So right. um, I think they are violating some civil rights. I know there are some lawsuits going against school districts with some of the training mm. because school districts are, districts are like, we want diversity training, but you're blaming the whole white civilization for all this and this is not fair. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they are violating mm-hmm. people's rights. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I have not heard about those lawsuits. Yes, that would be interesting. Do you Google happen it. to know where? I believe it's San Bernardino. Okay. Yeah, I could be wrong. I just saw it. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a lawsuit. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. I'm kind of surprised that that hasn't happened sooner, actually. Yeah. Because it really, it really is. It is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, now that schools have been exposed for, you know, promoting CRT and again, you were saying very clearly that you don't want to see it uh, completely dismantled but promoted as a theory and, and to work from there. Um, what needs to happen, though, to really begin the process, would you say, of dismantling the indoctrination of identity politics from America's classrooms? We need more parents involved. I don't, I don't think people really truly understand um, the theme or the foundation of critical race theory and what it actually is pushing for. So when you hear people talk about equity mm-hmm. and white privilege – they're great sound bites, but mm-hmm. where do you know where where do you think these words are coming from? Where does it originate from? Um, I think you need more more people involved. Quite frankly, this CRT is so embedded in our schools, yeah. and kids are pushing back. Like if you're a student and you want to question CRT, you're gonna, you might get bullied. If you're an adult and you think this stuff is wrong, you're going to get some pushback. Right. It's going to be hard, but if people can understand. It's doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get more voices to speak up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's tough because the key words are white privilege, equity. I mean, you hear that all the time. Right. You right. Sure do. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. So if you dig deeper, you know, and I, you and I talked earlier before the show that yeah. I believe the uh, San Diego School District, they're getting rid of all traditional grading. That's CRT. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because too many kids of color are failing courses. So we're just going to get rid of traditional grading. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Mm-hmm. That's CRT mm-hmm. all over. The mm-hmm. fingerprints are all over it. And I would encourage our listeners to go yeah. back. Uh, I think it was either early last year or two, I, think it was I think it was 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to a series of shows we had done on the Wyzetta Public School District. Mm-hmm. We had some parents that mm-hmm. uh, spoke to the fact that uh, uh, your letter-based grading was being removed 
in favor of more of a numerical system that was not gauging uh, the the quality of education. That well, the child was and receiving. what was worse, it's exactly what you're saying. They were actually keeping the letter grades. It's just that the letter grades became meaningless yes. because they were attached to numbers that were variable. So, for instance, if there was a 10-point assignment, two children could get, you know, one could get 8 out of 10, the other one might get 4 out of 10, but the grade at the top that was going to go into the grade book was either a one, two, three, or four. Wow. So this boy, the reason why these parents were alerted is that one of their kids came home and they said, Mom, you know, I got an eight out of 10 and, you know, Joey next door to me got four out of 10, but we both got threes on the assignment. Everybody gets a trophy. And mm-hmm. then that then, the, what's scary then is that they transition that over to a letter grade. So the parents who aren't involved don't even know that yeah. this is happening. Yep. And think about that from a college standpoint. If you, if a college can't even trust those grades, if they know that this type of grading is happening, that means the letter grades become meaningless too because you really don't know what they represent. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a cop-out. It's like, no, help these kids succeed. They can succeed. You have to help them succeed and show them that education is important, that it is the great equalizer. It is. And, and, um, and encourage them and help them. And, and again, I say over and over and over, it's demonstrated that it's possible. There are many, many schools across the nation that are doing this with kids that are at risk or kids of color that are at risk. And yes. they're not getting proper, the proper help that they need. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> right. Well, we touched on it a little bit just yeah. a few moments ago yeah, okay. uh, about parents and their getting yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, what can maybe they do in terms of sp- some specific steps of pushing back when the line is really crossed from education and learning how to, to think and to process, and then you're into a mode of indoctrination? What can they do? Parents have to understand that they are their child's first educators, yep. first and foremost, uh, sometimes I have parents who would come to my office, excuse me, my classroom and say, you know, I'm not, I only had a sixth grade education or an eighth grade education. I would say, you know what, but you're more important than me. You are your child's first educator. Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes. The way you talk to your wife, the way you treat your kids, the way you handle and budget your money, your child is watching all the time because children are born mimics. Mm-hmm. So you are the first teacher and always in your child's life. Parents can fight against anything that they don't agree with morally. There are some parents who are going to like this critical race theory. Trust me, I've come across some of them. So be it. But the majority of parents, if you don't like this, you can remove your student and take him or her to a different school. Or you can homeschool your child or take him to a, a school like Liberty school. Classical exactly. Academy. Right. That's right. But it doesn't have <laughs> it, that child is yours. That's your pride and joy. Mm-hmm. You get to determine who's going to put stuff in their brain. Right. You know, so hopefully the, the parents are involved what their mm-hmm. their child is learning. But um, this is prevalent. This is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you, as a, an adult, as a parent, you have to, um, I guess you have to train, train your students, train, train your children to look for this stuff. And is right. it really equitable? And train your children, what is equity? What is fairness? And are we going to make excuses for everybody? So mm-hmm. it, that's a tough question, I'll be honest with you, sure. for mm-hmm. me to answer. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when you say parent involvement, I think that's critical. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid for the parents to contact the school. Yes. You know, I think that's another hesitation. Parents are often afraid because they're afraid that it's going to affect their child. Yeah. And I think parents need to get, you know, over that and, and be able to call when when something like critical race theory is being pushed on their kids 
Um, and sometimes it's done without their knowing, by the way. You know, we yes. covered the Adina Public Schools uh, a couple of years ago, and they were doing some things that I think a lot of parents weren't even aware of. Certainly this racial equity grading in Myzetta, very few parents were aware of it. Yes. And so when you are aware, you have to be able to speak out like these two parents did from Wyzetta, although they did take a lot of heat for that. And it was not an easy road. But um, for the good of our kids and for the good of our country, we have to be able to speak out about these things. I agree. So, and I took heat, too. I yeah, mean, I, I had to yeah. resign. And uh, if I could do it all over again, I would. Yeah. Because there's right and there's wrong. And I believed uh, the St. Paul School District was setting up black children for failure. Yeah. And we need good citizens in our country. Oh, boy. On that note, that is an excellent end. <laughs> thank you so much, Aaron, for thank joining you for having us. Me. So grateful. Thank you. And thank you, Mark. Always, As always. a pleasure. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for watching or for, for listening to us tonight. And also, we hope that you will go check out our podcast at ednationmn.org. And you'll be able to watch this one and many others. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.